This is Glenn Murphy with NC Sistema, and this is Sistema for Life. Emmanuel, thanks so much for coming back on the show. Hey, Glenn, you're welcome. It's good to be on. Great. So this week, um, I thought we'd go, or this time around, since we had the, the general interview last time, we're going to shift to a slightly different format um, where I'm taking questions that people have fielded me in uh, via the website, via messaging, all that kind of stuff. And we're going to do kind of more of a Q&A thing. Um, so we'll kind of break it into a few bits and ask questions and see where it goes from there. Is that cool with you? Yeah, sounds great. Cool. So first question we had, and this is uh, Howard from Durham. He was asking, how and to what extent does Sistema help to build awareness and which drills have you used to emphasize this in your own training? So awareness training. So um, it, it's a, obviously a big topic. Um, awareness, so we have different senses in the body, right? So there's all kinds of senses. Where I think we can all agree we're heavily on the visual, right? Uh, so developing other senses like your hearing, um, uh, touch, uh, you know, this stuff can be done because you get that question, well, how do I train alone? But that's a great one. Like mm-hmm. that, that's a great way of training alone is that you uh, develop your senses in other ways. Um, in class, there'll be times where, you know, people won't see it. I just close my eyes in the middle of a drill and now I have no eyesight. And and there's no need to wait for the teacher to say, close your eyes. You can do that at any point in time. And then you're talking about how finally do you refine your senses, right? So, you know, that old, that old saying, you have to lose your mind to find your senses, Right. And so we we process so much of our our activity through our mind and we need to shut that off and work with other senses. So we're talking about, um, you know, just the way we see things in training, like a lot of people see things very one way. So, you know, what I a, a great way I do it personally is I just go for nice walks out in the woods. Mm hmm. And I just literally walk around and I've got, you know, I hear the birds, I can smell the, the flowers of the trees or the fresh air. Um, you know, you your eyesight becomes less relevant in the woods and you hear such quiet and it calms your mind and you actually feel your other senses starting to kick in. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, I, I guess when we're talking about uh, you know, back back to the question about how you develop uh, other senses, right? Yeah. Um, it's so important uh, when you're training to open up the spectrum. So, you know, people don't just go long, but go wide. Yeah. So go like really, really wide. So there'll be times where, you know, I'm training with a partner, I'm resting on the ground, but I'm listening to the person beside me. Hmm. Gotcha. You know, yeah. and, you know, we do this in, a, I don't know, in big cities, you're, if you're on the subway, you do it all the time. You might be reading a book on the subway or playing on your cell phone, but then you're listening to a conversation somebody else is sure. having on yeah. the side. Yeah. And then you know, you'll get caught because so if it's funny, you start laughing, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so it, it's, but in training, you people rarely do that, right? Yeah. And yeah. I used to, or reverse, or you can reverse it where, you know, this is like real early days of training in Sistema where, um, Vladimir would, uh, he, his English wasn't as good. So he would be, um, you know, you'd have to, if you really want to get the gist of what he's doing, you'd have to really watch him closely. Right. Yeah. So then he'd show a drill and then I would go off and I'd go with my partner and he was with somebody else and I'd be wrestling or taking somebody down over here. 
but I would be watching him. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I, I, so my partners, uh, you know, attacking me or whatever you want to call it, and I would deal with them without looking at them. Yeah, I think you actually I was had more this... interested in what Vlad was doing. Yeah, I think you had to really do that drill. When we were in, uh, I think you did a seminar in Roanoke um, last year, 2017. And I think yeah. we, we spent a good hour on that drill where you just swapped us through wrestling with people standing up and on the ground, but we weren't allowed to look at the person we were wrestling with, right? We had to track you around the room or look at yeah. a different pair. And that was very yeah. enlightening. I thought it's because it, you, you end up ceding more control of your movement kind of from the neck down to the person that you're with because your, your forebrain or your concentration, your attention is on something else, right? So it helps you to disengage mentally from the guy. I thought that was fascinating when you had us do that. It's quite deep drill because you now you realize how involved you are with your partner. Like yeah. you get too involved. Mm -hmm. Like it, it should absorb some of your attention. It should absorb some of your focus, mm -hmm. uh, but not all of it. I mean, it, it, especially in training, you should open up because maybe like I'll be with somebody and then I'm looking at I move somebody did, you know, a couple of uh, par partners over. I'm like, hey, that's a cool move. And then I would try it right away on the partner I had. Sure. And it yeah. generally worked really good. Yeah. So, um, you know, if there's more interesting people in the room or there's really, really skilled people in the room, you, you watching them is excellent. Yeah. And it's amazing how I can work with one person and deal with another one and learn from one and study. You know, you, you really can spread out your awareness. Sure. Um, a, a real, a real interesting, um, drill that I can share with you that you can do on your own to mm. open up your awareness is uh, you can do it in a busy room, but it's better in a quiet room to first yeah. is just lie down or sit down and just start breathing. And you're breathing like from yourself, like as we know it in through the nose, out through the mouth. Yeah. Then you pick an object further away. Like let's say you're sitting in a chair and there's a wall a couple of meters away. Mm. You, you, you inhale from that place. So you actually imagine like you're you're breathing from the wall hmm. to yourself and from yourself to the wall. Okay. So you gotta visualize this. And then if you can feel that, you imagine breathing from the exterior, so further. Hmm. So I'm in my house and I, I, I just start breathing on my own, I feel my body, and then I look at the wall and I start breathing from the wall, like from that perimeter. Hmm. And then if I feel that I start breathing from like the whole house. So it's like right. all the walls in my house. I breathe from the into myself. And it sounds odd until you uh, put yourself on a vacation and you go, yeah. and you, you're on the beach and you're looking at this wide open ocean. Yeah. You not breathe from the entire ocean. Hmm. Like you really breathe from the entire ocean. Like you can just see the grandeur of it all. Like when I'm in a forest and I'm walking and I, I hit a nice mountain where I can just see the entire lay of the land. You know, recently I was driving through uh, West Virginia yeah. and it's just those, those, you know, those, those forests and mountain there are, are breathtaking. You can stop at some places and there's nothing but forest. I think it's and interesting you, you phrase it that way. Is it that, you know, those landscapes are breathtaking, right? Because I, th I think in some ways you can't help but do that when you're in a, a place that's like that. I'm, I've, oh, I've been to your homeland, to Greece, right? I went to Santorini yeah. a few years ago and it's just a big volcano, right? And with it's filled in with water in the middle and it's just <laughs> beautiful. And you're, you're sitting in this taverna, sipping your yeah. ouzo, looking at the ships going by. And you can't help but breathe in the entire ocean and the whole scene, right? You, you snapped out of your everyday self-absorbed existence and you're... Oh, this, you know, just like, and you it's can't exactly, help being raptured, but it's a shame we can't keep that all day long. And maybe is that part of what this is about? Yeah. Well, the first is it, at first my people might say it's a visualization thing, but it's actually not. It's you're, you're breathing in that thing. 
you're mm. breathing in the grandeur of it all. So, and then you realize that you're much more than just the shallow breath that you have. It can, you know, it can be huge perspective. Yeah. So, and, and this, this opens up, like, it's not about you. It's not about your partner. It might be about bigger things. Yeah. Right. Definitely. It might be about bigger things. Like, you know, for anybody that's been around the system a while, it's not about yourself and your training. It's about the people around you. So first I was training, you know, just for myself and then, I started teaching and then I started helping other students in the school mm. and then you go on and you open up your own school and now I'm helping my students at my school and then uh, and then also doing seminars and you're helping other students. So your your perspective opens up as to what Sistema means to you yeah. because you're 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 see it from so many perspectives. Okay. So the breath does become bigger. So actually, I've got a little follow on question from that of my own, actually. Is, is there a difference? between in emphasis when you're training for kind of external awareness, awareness of your environment and where you sit within that environment and people around you and that kind of stuff, and what's been called internal self-awareness. I, I just finished reading this uh, really good book by uh, Dr. Tasha Yurik called Insight, um, yep. and she kind of basically sums up a bunch of research, some of it her own, some of it other, other people's on awareness and how it develops and insight, um, and she points out there's two different types, right? There, there's the kind of... The external awareness is um, your awareness of how you interact with the world and how people view you, right? What people think of you, you're a good person, you're a mean person, you're a bully or, you know, whatever it's going to be, how you, how your sense of self as described by other people, right? And then there's internal self-awareness, which is understanding your own way, where you fit and the things that make you comfortable and uncomfortable, your kind of sense of continuous narrative, like who you are and whether that changes from day to day and, um, and in neuroscience, some other reading I've done, it's, um, it seems like they split up this idea of self-awareness into lots of parts. There's that narrative self, which goes from day to day. There's the, um, there's the volitional self, right? The, the understanding that you make things happen in the world, like you make decisions and then things change and all that kind of stuff. And it seems to me that there's a lot of drills in Sistema that focus some, especially the ones we've done outside at immersion camps and things like that as well, um, where you'll flick your focus um outside onto the world and try and take in as much as you can but then you'll also roll your eyeballs back in your head and try and kind of scan your internal environment and your emotions but sometimes it's, it's it seems difficult to me to juggle those two right it's like well where should i be putting my focus should it be on the internal environment should it be on the wider external environment the walls and beyond that perimeter or should it be on the person in front of me and and what seems to happen a lot is that that choice is forced upon me, right? I'm, I'm trying to maintain one thing and then suddenly somebody does something in the external environment and my focus jumps onto them. And like you say, you get psychologically entangled with them and it takes an effort to put yourself back on the internal. But then if you come too far to the internal, you're not um, paying sufficient attention to what they're doing. You're not curious enough about what they're trying to do and you can make movements that are inappropriate, right, to, to what your partner is actually doing. It's, do you have any kind of thoughts on how we might kind of juggle those things, to what extent they should be trained separately or together, that kind of thing. Big question, I know, yeah. but that's what this exactly. is all about, big questions. Yeah, yeah. it's a big question. Yeah. So um, personally for myself, internal training and external training are kind of played back and forth all the time. Hmm. So there'll be times where, you know, I'll go and I'll, I'll throw kettlebells around, I'll go for a big long run or a big bike ride. It's very physical. There's a lot of physical, there's a lot of external effort. Yeah. Um, and then you know, once I feel strong or I, I, I take the the psychological beauty of it, like when you work with the body, you know, like you go anything physical, like go build a house, go shovel, go mm. do whatever physical, the body feels at some point satisfied and then at some point it's had enough, so yeah. to speak, right? 
and you feel it's actually being destructive. Like you see that, right? You yeah. can actually feel that, you know, um, some athletes will uh, get to a point where it's called overtrained, which is a dangerous place to be, right? Where And the first place that that's affected, or so the, effective, uh, the effects of overtrain are first felt in the mood. Mm. So you don't feel like going to training. Yeah. You get annoyed easily. So the first aspects of overtrain are in the mood. Mm. So you don't, if you're attentive, if you're internal, you pick up that your mood has changed. Yeah. Your senses. So there's real value in that. Mm-hmm. An athlete that tries to push through overtrain will eventually get an injury, and it's then career is, is cut short and and training stops. Yeah. So I will often go physical. You know, they'll be you know get in the dirt. You know, really wrestle at the club, and it's a real physical thing. Yeah. And then just and then it's like okay, my body's had enough. I feel good. I I I I've, I've squeezed the lemon finish of the juice there's nothing left yeah. you know i'm not i'm not mad it's not angry i'm not exhausted my body just feels suffice like sure. when i have a good meal i feel good i don't feel stuffed i don't feel like i want to vomit i don't feel like i need to undo my belt i just yeah. feel sufficient yeah and then, so you know and so that feeling of I, i've worked i've done good then i turn internal and that mm. might be week to week. That might be month to month, depending how happy I am and depending how sufficed I feel. Yeah. So I will look inside myself to a point where I feel, you know, you can go so deep into yourself that you can't get yourself back. Mm. You can go so you can un, you can untangle yourself and be like, wow, this is really deep. Mm. And I have seen this. Okay, mm. I've actually seen the effects of this. So Michael had come and did a seminar, this little video out on it, the uh, beyond the physical. Yeah. And that, you know, I can't remember what the length of the video was like an hour, hour and a half or something, the video. Yeah. And, but the, that, that session was like four hours or something. It was not a short session. Mm. And it was very deep. Like mm. it never came across in the video. And I understand, you know, people's opinions about the video is, 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 but the people that were there will tell you something different. The people that were there understood how special it was. Yeah. It was very deep. And mm-hmm. even for me, I was like scared. I was like, I had no idea that you could go that deep into yourself and understand how much goes on in you. Yeah. I often compare it to the first caveman that stuck his head under the water and mm-hmm. realized that there's a whole other world. Like he knows the external world, like the jungle, the forest, yeah. the rivers. But then there's an ocean. And there's an entire that whole thing exists underwater. Sure, yeah. The same animals. Can you imagine his 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 world just doubled? Right. Yeah. So martial arts was just like punches and kicks, and some guy coming at you, and and you know just take him down, and and all of a sudden you stick your head under the water, and you're like, there's this whole other world, mm. and you're like, whoa, like so. Michael had shown us this whole other world of what's going on inside us, mm. and it became internal. And so I often go inside myself and just ask myself those deep questions, you know, what is this about? Why are you doing this? Hmm. What benefit is it giving you? What is it? What are you trying to accomplish with like deeper questions? Yeah. You know, big questions, you know? Yeah. Where are you? You know, what, what, you know, the, the, the state of mind that you're in when you think of something. So these are deep questions and maybe most people don't want to answer them because they're too deep for them. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's some like people life. like some people, you know, just happy with whatever they have. They don't want to understand things too deep. That's fine. Yeah, you know, as you go on in Sistema, you slowly want to go and understand why you decided to pick this or why you feel that. Sure. You know, I I'm interested. I'm curious. That's my personality. Yeah. So I bounce from the internal to the external, and um, you can call it mindfulness. You can uh, pray. Uh, you can be spiritual. You can 
anything that makes you quiet down mm-hmm. because to be internal you need quiet yeah you, you got it so this is really really important you need a lot of quiet so for all the talking i do um i i'm a really really good listener mm. and it's spent a good part of my life listening and i still do mm. so people don't often see that because it's hard to make a video about listening <laughs> but, but a bit uneventful do, yes and yeah. the most important thing i do is i listen to what's said but i listen to what's not said more more importantly because mm-hmm. what's not said is sometimes more powerful than what is said. Yeah. So um, you got to listen and listen to other people and also listen to yourself. Nice. So I listen a lot to myself and I listen to what I'm talking about. But then I'm also listening. To why am I not talking about that? Yeah. Why? Why is this not important to me? Okay. You know, is it just that I don't want to? So if you want to be internal, you've got to ask yourself questions. and You have to be quiet. And that's hard for people. You know, yeah. people often, you know, I'll, I'll tell people, yeah, I'm going for a hike and I'll go for a four hour hike. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll sit there and, and they're like, or I'll go fishing. I'll mm-hmm. just go fishing with uh, me and my son or just on my own. And it's a lot of quiet time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we'll, we'll talk. I mean, we just, I, I, I love that so much about my son. He's just, a, he's a great kid mm-hmm. and I can just hang with him and we're just, we can just go fishing and just literally catch fish and put him back and, and say very little other than just about the fish and it's like wow this is it's really uh it's really deep yeah Uh, and i find after that i'm very internal so is it something you know is it something you know uh, there are times when i was going to church as a young boy because the the services were done in old greek they weren't done in like Mm-hmm. New Greek. <laughs> they were Greek like, yeah. yeah, they were like ancient Greek, like it's like Latin and English. It's sure. like it's really, you know, I could understand a few words, but it was it was tough. But mm. so there are times when I, you know, because your parents were making you go, right? <laughs> you're yeah. a young kid. You're like, I want to go to church. Yeah. Uh, so see my friends and stuff. And but then there there are moments in church when I was a young boy where I, you know, there was no phones you could play with or tablets or anything you're sitting in church and you're mm-hmm. listening to the priest talk in, in a language that you barely understand not it's the old greek yeah. and i would just kind of doze off and i would actually be really quiet and it was surreal hmm. and i would i would I, I was so young i wouldn't understand what that place was but it mm-hmm. was a real place of peace and i'm like and it dawned on me that i'm just around good people yeah and i could feel that goodness hmm. you realize it's really safe in here yeah, I feel really safe, and I, I get when I go out to like a woods or into the water, it's just so calm. Yeah, <laughs> you know, if you sit still enough and you can hear the leaves. One time I sat so still, a bird sat on me. Right, <laughs> a bird sat on me. I go, I was, I was, you know, I didn't, and I didn't want to laugh, but it was like, wow, yeah. I really talk about blending in. Must have achieved stillness and in that moment. <laughs> it's stillness, yeah, you know, but it goes quickly too, right? So either, either that, or you, either that, or one of your kids had left some birdseed on you, or, something, or some bits of crumbs right, on right. your jacket. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. So, so I bounced between the both states. You know, I bounce between very active, like I love, be- I love being physical. There's, there's a goodness to it. You know, I think we're, you know, it doesn't have to be weights too. It can be just, you know, going to building something. I don't know, yeah. you know, go build some, go work with wood and make a, make something or just being physical with your, I have a couple of friends who got farms and I often go up and give them a hand on yeah. the farm. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I, I absolutely love it. They're like, they're thanking me and I absolutely love it. It's some amazing time. You feel mm-hmm. like you've worked with your body. There's some goodness that comes of it. And then there's real value in, in the stillness. But mm-hmm. you've got to know yourself to kind of about play in that place. Yeah. Makes sense. Cool. And so. Great. So question two we had, this is uh, from a Brian in Durham. We have about 12 Brian's training with our group. So this could be anyone. <laughs> which one. Um, this was about intensity. Um he said, how, sh- how hard should we go in training and when? Like, What role does full intensity, full speed work play in training and how often should we employ it? Okay, uh, good question. Um, it's going to vary for everybody um, a little bit. Okay, it depends on what your goals are, what you're trying to accomplish. Um, so there's... There's an inter- so I'll give you the NASCAR theory. I have this really NASCAR. Uh, it's called NASCAR. called the NASCAR theory, right? Okay. So NASCAR, NASCAR racing is pretty big in in the states and uh, oh, North Carolina is huge. North Carolina, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it's, it's huge yeah. there. So when you look at how these guys train, it's really interesting. They they will take a car. So this is the how it works. So uh, the perfect race would be that the driver pushes the car so hard so let's say he races on a sunday he pushes the car so hard 9000 10000 rpms for the entire race just goes and if exactly as that car crosses the finish line if everything just blows up like the, the, <laughs> everything it and and the car just literally falls apart he pushed it so hard the engine block crack whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. just as he crossed the finish line that's a perfect race wow he pushed it so hard that everything just broke apart Mm-hmm. Okay, because guess what's happening on Monday? Monday, regardless, the whole car is going to come apart. Mm-hmm. All parts of that car will be X-rayed and checked for faults in the any breakdown in material. Mm-hmm. The oil will be examined. The all all parts of that car will be examined to the umpt degree. Yeah. Tuesday they will put the car slowly back together. Mm-hmm. By Wednesday they'll be doing some test laps with the car, so they're trying to learn from what happened on Sunday, what happened, what result happened, Mm -hmm. okay, where did the car break down, where did the driver break, they're they're analyzing where everything broke down, by Wednesday, they're doing some tests, by Thursday, they're getting ready, Mm. Friday, Saturday, they're prepping, and then Sunday, they race again, yeah, so there's this this process of like, I I need to reflect on what happened, Mm -hmm. people train hard but they don't reflect at all imagine if you just if every day you just you push the car you broke it and then well let's do it again but Mm. you didn't reflect on what happened Mm. you're working on yeah so me everything like so if you're going to go hard and you want to and you want to train hard it's fine as long as you are trying to you're you're trying to accomplish something what is it like is it because somebody said uh go harder go home Mm. is that it well so we other than somebody saying that's how it's supposed to be so proficiency is being hard or or being hardcore or going hard this mm-hmm. will provide you somehow uh uh some sort of a check mark that you you, you know your stuff mm-hmm. okay um there is value without a doubt i mean i mean if the real thing is going to be hard then that's fine yeah but how often does that happen mm-hmm. so Let's take another example, a football player. Like I, I was a competitive rugby player. Yeah. So do you think the same intensity of a game, and we only had six games a year, like six, seven, maybe eight games. That mm. was the season. Yeah. I mean, you you know, there was a month or two of, of, of preseason. Then you had about 
seven, eight games of, of the season once a week. Yeah. Right. And then you had the playoffs. Might be mm. a few more games there. Mm. I mean, in those short period of time, you were destroyed if mm. you went that hard in practice. If yeah. you went that hard in practice, there'd be nobody left to play. Right. Yeah. Like you. And so I would say 70 percent of the practice mm. was done at half speed. Mm. You broke down. So every game you saw, OK, what happened? Usually it was not a physical thing. It was mm. usually mental. Yeah. It was usually lack of communication. It was it wasn't usually a lack of skill. It was you're not working together like mm. everywhere where things broke down was. Oh, you know, you weren't communicating. The forwards were communicating with the backs. Yeah. Oh, uh, the strategy was wrong. You were, you know, you were uh, running the ball when you should have been kicking the ball more. Um, yeah. Positioning was off or simple head mistakes. Mm. They weren't one of like, you're not strong enough. Yeah. Mm. Or oh, you didn't hustle hard enough. That you didn't kind of hustle thing. hard enough. Sure. I yeah. mean, this is ridiculous. It's, it's mm. not. So, so again, I'm using my, you know, it's my life. I'm not what somebody told me. Hmm. Um, so things, and then I've trained countless athletes at the at Fight Club. Countless, I can't tell you at high level, hmm. high level guys, NBA, you know, NFL, you name it. I, I, I've trained them, and they're all the same. They're hmm. looking for mental edges. It's a real mental game. Hmm. So you, so let's say, and again, not discounting. Hard training is good, but you have to ask yourself, what are you getting out of it? Yeah. So I'll tell you a funny story I saw one time. So these two older guys, older military guys, training one time, and. It looked like they were doing Tai Chi. I really, it looked like they were doing Tai Chi. It was so slow. Mm. And, you know, we're all sitting there wrestling and being hardcore badasses, you know, really young and full of energy. And they were going so slow. And we forgot they're just old people. They're going slow. Mm-hmm. And that was for about an hour. And then all of a sudden, it looked like they just pissed themselves off. It just looked like they got mad at each other. And they just started, like, all out brawling. Punches, kicks, grabbing yeah. each other. It was super intense for, like, 30 seconds. Yeah. And then it was done. Hmm. And then they stopped and they just started walking. We're like, because everybody in the room was kind of uncomfortable. Like we thought they, you know, like. Somebody had broken out. <laughs> like I was like, I thought like these guys lost their junk. But then they just started <laughs> walking. They started walking and talking. And if anybody ever comes to a seminar of mine, you see me often do that. Yeah. I will have you guys walk and talk. And hmm. I remember these old guys doing this. Hmm. And they would talk. And then it looked like, okay, they, they made up. They they made up, and they would start working slow again, like Tai Chi, literally that slow. Like yeah. I'm talking, it would be like a three out of ten on the speed, right? Like in terms of like exertion. Mm-hmm. And then sure enough, like almost an hour to the time, they they got they went full out again mm-hmm. for another thirty seconds or minute. I don't know how long, but it was short and intense. Yeah, and. Then they start walking again. So I was like, this is really peculiar. I said, so I walked up to her. You guys just pissing each other off? She goes, no. Mm-hmm. I was, well, what are you doing? It's something you got to get mad and then you just go slow and then you're, what's going on? Mm-hmm. They, said, they looked at me with a really puzzled look, said the value of intense training is very short lived. Mm-hmm. So you will learn everything you need to learn in about 20 seconds. Yeah. Everything that happened to you, what did you do? Mm-hmm. Did you lose your mind? Did you get aggressive? Mm-hmm. Did you get um, tense? Mm-hmm. Were you, you know, all that stuff. What happened to you? Talk about it with your partner to make yeah. sure that what you see is very similar to what they felt. Mm. Um, and then you work on it for the hour. 
So that's, that's really interesting because it's almost in direct contrast to the kind of grind it out approach, right? So what you're kind of advocating there is that, yeah, go hard, just do it for bursts and then analyze, understand what you're trying to get from it, pick out those things and then reapply that to your, to your work and then work for a little while and then, and then head back into that zone later on. Whereas there's another school of thought, which is just like, I'm just going to grind this out. I'm just going to roll hard for like an hour, hour and a half, two hours. And eventually I'll be so exhausted that I've got nothing left, but you know, but my base principles or something, but do you think there's a place for that kind of work too, or does that have very limited kind of benefit? So let me preface all of this. Okay. So I yeah. preface everything I'm going to say right now is, you know how, when you look at a picture of yourself 10 years ago, you're like, what the hell was I wearing? Why is my hair cut like that? Yeah. Or what the hell was I saying? You know, like you look <laughs> back. So 20 to 30, 30 to 40, 40 to 50, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, you always realize that you're always going to say, what the hell was I saying? And what the hell was I wearing? Why did I look like that? Yeah. So um, I realized that everything we say sometimes will change over time. Yeah. It's not, you know, we, we, this is a normal thing for people. So you say the best you can at the time and the information that you have. Right. I have been one of those guys that trained that hard. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you, that's a personal one. I had wrestled mostly through high school and I played a lot of rugby. Mm-hmm. There is, Nothing that is soft about me. Mm-hmm. I I was in the gym every day, lifting weights. In those days, I was strong as an ox. Yeah. And when I started Systema, it, I came at that pretty similar way. Mm-hmm. You know, I was strong and 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 I'd go to everything hard. Yeah. And as my training went on, as the years went on, especially around my fourth or fifth year, then in my fifth year. You know, it was, it, I was just so much of a, I, I was such an intense guy. I was always trying to, you know, accomplish things, you know, really go, like you said, hard all the time and, and push myself. And, and I just, I don't know what happened. I just said, you know what? It's the internal work of Sistema. I started to look at myself deep and I said, you know what? I, I, I need to lighten up a little bit. I need to have a lot more fun. I realized that hmm. the, the most important things an athlete can do and the most important thing that they can cultivate is motivation is that whatever they're doing that they want to do it again and again and again mm-hmm. because if you hate what you're doing your chances are you're probably not going to want to do it again and again and again yeah so your training should after you finish training your training should be like i can't wait to do that again yeah i don't care if you're a guitar player if you're a martial artist i don't care the right. way you practice should inspire you to want to do it again and again and again right that's well, it so to say nothing of the sustainability issue, I mean, we can't hold exactly. down the. We're not NASCARs, right? So we can't hold down that model. We can't run ourselves into the ground and have the doctor put us back together again on Monday and then do the same. Well, you, maybe you can do that in your twenties. You can't yeah, you do it can once do, you hit your forties. I was say, I go, yeah. I, 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 I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I, I mean, that's what I was like in my twenties, and so I shared that experience with all the people that all the young kids that I have now that I train. I train. I say, guys, just remember, you know, save some of your body. Don't destroy it. You know, yeah. it's, it's yours for a lifetime. Don't, don't break it apart. Yeah. Um, so, um, I remember around, it was around the fourth or fifth year. It's, it's, you know, we're talking almost 25 years ago, so I can't remember exact dates, but I remember it was after, it was close to four or five years because mm. I've been doing it for a while. I, I developed a proficiency and I was starting to teach at Bloods. Yeah. So I felt, you know, there was great burden on, on with teaching and it was a, a great, um, responsibility and, and then pushing myself. It just felt like it wasn't fun. And I said, you know what, this year, and I remember it was around January, it's like the New Year's resolution time. I said, this year, I'm going to have fun. Mm-hmm. 
Hmm. My main focus is, you know, I've been serious for five years. You know what? I'm going to take this year and just have fun. No matter what I do in training, I'm not going to be burdened by anything. I'm just going to have fun. And I showed up to training with that mindset. Hmm. And it didn't take long, less than a month. You know, I was rolling around on the ground and, you know, just laughing and joking with everybody and just being lighthearted and still training hard. Like, no, I'm not. I, I, I just still training hard. But I just the focus was not on anything other than fun. Yeah. Nice. And I learned so much that year. Mm. I was like, I shook my head. And I remember, so this is my life teaching me a lesson. And I have to share that with people. I'm not going to spew out what somebody else says mm. or make some people on YouTube happy. Mm. I'm going to say what's benefited my life. Yeah. And my life is when I lightened up, I learned, I would say, three times more. Mm. So in one year, just happy, just training happily. It doesn't mean silly. It doesn't mean not focused. Mm. It means just lightening up, man. Like mm. I can still go for a run. Uh, and 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 accomplish my 10 kilometers or 20 kilometers. Oh, oh well, I finished 10 minutes slower, but I had fun. Yeah, that's I a good mean, analogy. That's a really good analogy, I think. Actually, that how he, I, my co-conspirator there, he runs ultra marathons and stuff like that as well. And he sort of said, sometimes you know when you're trying to push for things, you're trying to set a, a new personal best or something. It's like you're like, yeah, that was maybe beneficial, but it wasn't that enjoyable. And and maybe sometimes the consistency is more important. You're consistently enjoying it means you'll come back and you'll train day in day out instead of go all out twice a week and then be like, oh. Then if it's snowing or it's crappy outside, you're like, yeah, maybe I'll give it a miss. You know, it's probably more important that you look forward to your training than that you get the optimum Ivan Drago Rocky Four benefit yeah. out of every training second. You know? <laughs> so there's a there's a there's a place in all of us. There's a there's a somehow an effort level where we um, can actually process the information that's coming to us. I mean there's a lot in a systemic class. It's not just there's a lot that I, I that I'm trying to teach. There's a lot that I see Vladimir trying to teach. And when you're going really hard, you're not focused on that. You're focused on going hard. Yeah. You, you know, when if I if I'm on my bike and I'm I'm pedaling hard, I'm not focused on all the attributes that make a bike go fast. Yeah, it's my position on the bike. It's relaxing. It's where my hands are. It's that my my legs are pushing and pulling on the way up through the stroke. That I'm focused on my breathing. That I look at like you you need some attention to your form and to what you're doing to be able to become proficient in it. Yeah, definitely. It's not mindless. Like we're trying to keep our minds here. So I want to push, but I want to keep my mind. I need my mind. I don't want to lose my mind. I want to keep it and understand what I'm learning and where the focus is and what I need to work on. So when I lightened up, all this stuff came evident to me. Yeah. And it was so beautiful. And I'm like, and I see people all the time, even now, training so hard, they don't even know what they did. Yeah, they have no idea. It's like people just going through a book, reading it as fast as they can, just to say they finished the book, hmm. and and they they they'll spew out what they learned. Hmm. I'll read that same book, It'd take me twice as long, but get twice as much out of the under what I understood because I took the time to enjoy what the person was writing. Yeah, definitely. Just take the time to enjoy what you're what you're learning. Take the time to enjoy, you know, if it's wrestling, what wrestling is about. Yeah. There, there are places where people wrestle for a celebration. Yeah, right. It's celebratory. Sure, like yeah. People don't just wrestle to compete. There are places in Iran and Pakistan where, yeah. you know, yeah. oh, it's your birthday? We wrestle. Right. <laughs> and it's joyous. It's a celebration. It's not to break your neck. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. That's what's so incredible. <laughs> there, it, it, you know, there are places in Russia where, you know, people are fighting to celebrate. 
Right. Yeah, like a village fist fight. Like, way the whole village. (laughs) Village fighting. I've never seen it. I've only heard about it. But wow, that's that's so different. In Ireland too, actually. In Ireland, you know, my family back the way. Same same tradition in Ireland. They would just have like village fist fights. They're like, way somebody's had a wedding. There's a fist fight or something like that. Going back a bit now, but I don't think it happens so much these days. But so what? What do you? So when when you're going hard, what are you trying to do? Like, are you are you just trying to? prove something to yourself hmm. prove something to somebody else yeah you know there was a moment up at vlad's not not that long ago actually a guy just was on the ground with me and he was hell-bent on showing me how good of a wrestler he was because i had somehow become dubbed a good wrestler i don't know how but hmm. he wanted to prove this to me yeah. and within a minute i could feel this hmm. and i just stopped in the middle of it and i said okay i'm gonna tell you right now that you're better than me okay can we train now? <laughs> nice. That's it. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Because the time that I'm, I'm training, like for myself, like my training, mm. like not teaching, I'm talking me, my personal training is very special to me. One, of, one, of, my guys, one of my guys, Brian, has a question, which I thought was really interesting that he's come up against this, right? Because he didn't have any kind of sporting background or wrestling before he came to Sistema. And then he would come across people who just wanted to crush him, you know, submit and tap him, something like that. And uh, yeah. and he's and he's so his question is he will stop people and say, look, I'm not learning anything right now. Are you? <laughs> That's his yeah. question. I really like that question. I think it's great. Put it in. And 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 that and that 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 goes to a bigger question. Not to get off topic, but mm. does everybody that come to a school necessarily want to learn anything? Hmm. I mean, and I'm not talking about martial arts. You can just talk about a university. Go to universities. Everybody that attends a university want to graduate. Yeah, some people are just they, through the pipeline, right? They're not just where they some. Ended up. The yeah. rea- mm. I think the reality is like sixty to seventy percent. Mm. They're just there to make their parents happy. Mm. They're there for other reasons. They're not there for their own reasons. This mm. is that's just a joke. I mean, I mean, I would say eighty percent of the people that went to university in my generation, so yeah. we're talking in like late eighties, um, yeah. were there just to make their parents happy because they were first generation Canadians. Hmm. And their parents had no education of the countries they came from. And it was a big honor to go to university and get a degree. So we yeah. did a lot for our parents. I know I did. And I'm not, I don't discount it. I mean, but, but I realized after I'm like, yeah, I did this probably more for my mom and my dad. And I'm glad I did, but it wasn't for me. And, and that's why a lot of people didn't, didn't, didn't finish. You so, know, so it's a deep question. So a lot of people come to martial art clubs, don't necessarily want to learn anything. They just want to prove something, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Prove yeah, that, something. That, and, that, that's a funny thing, but yeah, that brings me on to actually. Um, so I don't want to spring string us out indefinitely, but it's a really interesting topic, and I think it's a valid one because it keeps coming up again and again, right? People train and they wonder how hard they should go and why and all that kind of stuff. Um, but my follow-up question would have been like, how, given that you know it's good to do that kind of training sometimes. So one way you kind of mediate this, I guess, that you've suggested is one, don't do it all the time, right? Let that kind of training have its place, and you know, be it have it in bursts instead of it being the main part of your training. Um, and the second one is have the right at- attitude when you go into it. Have to think this is going to be a learning experience. And when I come out, I'm going to deconstruct this. Um, are there any other ways that we can employ this type of training, right? Um, kind of full speed, full intensity, all that kind of stuff, but still um, avoid the f- the physical um, downsides, as in like injury all the time like that, mediated. Because in some other styles, they wear protective gear, all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. We, we like to try to keep it open and all that kind of stuff as well, or limit ourselves and drills in certain ways. Um, and more kind of more kind of relevant 
I think, is uh, is the psychological downsides of that kind of work, right? That it can quickly turn into an ego battle. It can quickly turn into, I could tap you, I can beat you, I can squash you, all that kind of stuff, right? Um, yeah. And it gets you into a place of competitiveness, which and just focus on the self in a bad way, right? That my ego needs fluffing here by having beaten you instead of that internal awareness that comes with like, oh, I'm feeling this weird emotion of aggression. I feel like I need to put this guy down. Why am I feeling that? What, where's this coming from? I don't hate this guy. He's my friend, but why am I feeling this right now? I think that kind of internal analysis is really useful during that kind of work. Um, but it's very easy to slip into the other one accidentally and just be like, ah, sod it. I'm just going to crush this guy because that's what, that's what I'm doing right now. I just need to win for a little bit and feel good about myself, you know? And I see that flipping around, you know, in training with myself too, you know, but um, over the years I've got less, susceptible to it i hope um but i think it, igor ponizov in the, the earlier interview was sort of saying something about um that you know the longer you train the more this little demons in your ear right because people expect you to be good like you're saying people get some sort of reputation of you as a great wrestler and like oh if i can tap manny then i've arrived or something do you know what i mean that kind of thing so i think that the voice in your head doesn't really go away and it's like well i'm an instructor or i'm, I'm qualified i'm I'm decent and, you know, I have some authority here. And to maintain that, I have to be shown to be, be able to beat people. Do you know what I mean? So that voice doesn't really go away. It just kind of changes tone as you, as you improve. Have you got any kind of advice for psychologically how to stay on track when you're doing that kind of work? Or is it just, um, just practice? No, no, no. So you, if you want to train hard and fast and all this kind of stuff, you need to first see it on a very personal level. So just try it with running. Like just mm. go for a light jog, speed up, speed up, and get to the point where it's out of control. Hmm. And just, just go, like do the same with pushups, do the same with squats, yeah. um, you know, and realize that when you go full out, it's out of control. Yeah. And the problem with out of control is anything can happen mm. so to you. To, like it's, there's a point where if you're going all out, um, you know, the technique is, is gone and you're just a matter of, uh, you're an injury away. It just be, it's a matter of time when an injury happens. Just luck. So right. Before yeah. you. You know, so I, I can be whatever you want. Like, you, you know, you want to you want to do punches, start punching a bag. Go like I don't agree with it, but if you want to start punching a bag. Go as hard as you can and fast as you can and watch where things start to break down hmm. and 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 be very attentive and make sure that you don't go to that place because an injury is waiting to happen. Hmm. It's going to be unpredictable. Yeah. So you want to find out as well where that place of when I go full out, what happens? Yeah. Like what? So see it with very basic things. Go into the pool. Do it with swimming. Hmm. You know, go see, see, hold your breath. Go under the water. See how long you can do that. Bring it, push it. See how far you can go there. Yeah. Right. Swim as fast as you can till you can't swim anymore. Yeah. Like push it and see, you know, and you get to those limits. Like, so push yourself, you know, hmm. before you decide to, because when you're working hard, how do you know where things fell apart? Like, how are you going to be able to find back where things broke apart? Yeah. Because you can't use beating somebody as 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 an indicator. Like mm. it, 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 that person could have had a bad day, or you just had a lucky punch. It's like mm. me saying, "So if I open up my front door of my house and say, oh, rain,' every once in a while it will rain.' Yeah, that doesn't mean I'm a meteorologist. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I, because I because I, I guessed it right. We're talking about consistency. We're talking about something that's repeatable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It's it's not repeatable. guys. I, 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 you know, people don't want to understand that there's a little bit of luck involved in things that happen in life, even in fighting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not all like it's, you know, there's lucky stuff that happens all the time. That doesn't mean, you know, that doesn't yeah. mean oh, you're the you're the you're the cat's ass. Like, give me a break. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> get, get over it. You know, like I just I, I, I always look at I look at 
when you're doing something, what's the purpose of it? Yeah. And if you want to go fast because you're interested to see what happens to you under duress or under extreme situations and you're learning from it, that's awesome. If you're using it to pat your ego on the back, well, that's a different story. Yeah, definitely. I, I, that's a completely different story. It's completely up to you how you want to look at those things. Um, I, I try not to use those things as a reference point, hmm. you know. Um, you know, what would be interesting is if we took, we talk, talk about really, you know, we're not talking about, we don't talk about real professional athletes. We want to look at like something, the Olympics, mm. look at the Olympics here. You got the, the best of the best. You know, mm -hmm. these, these are not entertainers, right? We have to make them say, these are real athletes. You know, some of the sports teams now, it's a lot more of an entertainment value, right? Yeah. Uh, an Olympian once every four years, man, it's, not, it's really quick. Yeah. Put a lot on it. And if you look at the way they train and you look at the value, they 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 will have two big events throughout the year. Hmm. That's it. Hmm. That's it. A world championship and something small, and that's all. Yeah. Like they're not going all that all the time at that full full speed and full out. Sure. They spend a lot of their training, track athletes, a lot of their training at at, at really low levels, working form and technique. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be different for every single person depending on their age and depending on what they want to get out of it. Yeah. You know. I love, listen, I'm in this point in my life, uh, I live in a big city. We're sandwiched in with parents that are around and kids that are around as well. We have like, there's tons of stress. Hmm. So why would I want to add more stress onto my life? Right. Yeah. I want to make the point where I see the value of slowing it down so I can, I can enjoy it more yeah. and I can remove stress. Hmm. That, uh, that's, that's the point I'm at in my life. And I think a lot of people are at that point point so yeah. you you can't sit there and use that as a definition yeah you know and and people have this false idea that oh you, you're going hard and that means i'm good but that's not necessarily truth at all right when i was younger and i was going faster i was just scared mm. i was scared of losing i was scared of letting somebody down i didn't mm. really know what i was doing i just was going hard yeah now i'm slower i'm way more aware yeah, yeah. i see everything so much better like I would not want to go back to that time. Just, I'm so yeah. happy. My right awareness is great. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I I can bench press 50 less pounds. Okay. So you know I run a marathon in less time. Oh well. Like, yeah. mm -hmm. what was it for? It's just a stupid number. What yeah. do you think? Like I use that number hmm. to, to tell me what I'm worth. Like it just it's really you know so. If it's a I'm pathological, a right? If you chase that number, it's a little yeah, bit pathological. So I, yeah. Now I'm smarter. I'm, 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 I'm more focused. Why would I need to go back to the point where I was stupider? Like <laughs> that's what you're asking me to. I don't get it. You know, I really don't get it. Like you're, like as people grow and mature and learn, you're asking us to go back to a period where we were stupid. <laughs> that's really what it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what it is, yeah. and it, I don't know. Like, and. I get, especially in martial arts, you're always going to get people say, okay, but fighting is like that. Yeah. I do understand that. Fighting is very short. It's very violent, and then it's done. Mm -hmm. It's super unpredictable, right? It's super unpredictable. It's super – but do I need to live there? Yeah. Make people happy? Right. Is that like, – where, where is it? So this is the mention that when I make a video, if it's really hard, mm -hmm. people just that's crazy. Mm -hmm. That's what they say. And then if I explain stuff, oh, you're just you're too soft. Yeah, <laughs> I never make you you yeah. anybody happy. Yeah, yeah. I, everybody will find whatever that we're such we're such a society of skeptics. Mm. It seems that seems to be the norm now. Skepticism is the norm with everything now. Mm. And 
for all that I talk and for all that I know, I base it on, you know, well over 35 years of martial arts, mm-hmm. well over many years of athleticism, listening a lot, mm-hmm. you know, experiencing training. And now I'm talking yeah. and I, I've earned that right to talk because of my experiences. Yeah. I see people talking with experiences less than a year. Yeah. Yeah, self-made authorities. There are books now on how to turn yourself into an authority on the internet, right? You see these guys all the time. Oh, I'm going to show you how to build a deck. And then you really look at them, and they're like, you built two decks. Right. (laughs) And and this is the same on martial arts. I'm like, guys, I'm not saying I know it all. I never said I'm the best or I'm the top. I'm giving you a perspective. That's all. Just a perspective. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing, there's nothing to argue about. I would understand an argument if somebody said, this is the best, this is the number one way. There's no other way of doing stuff. Well, you're opening yourself up. Yeah. Right. You know, if, but if, if somebody's saying, Hey, try this, try it and see how it goes. I yeah. dare you to try it and see, 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 well, you know what? I accomplished fighting, but I found some value to my everyday life. Mm. I found some longevity and happiness in my life. So that doesn't make you, that's not important to you. Hmm. Like if you were a combat soldier and you're telling me you're on the front – so you know what? Maybe that's one perspective. Yeah. But the majority of people that come to training in martial arts are good people. Right. So do we need to pretend to be bad people? Hmm. That, actually, that actually brings us neatly on to our, our next question, which uh, we might have to push to the next episode. But uh, we'll, we'll roll on for that for now. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to find out more about training at NC Sistema, you can visit us online at www.ncsistema.com. If you'd like to find out more about Sistema classes and seminars worldwide, please visit www.russianmartialart.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, please take a few minutes now to give us a review on iTunes. This is probably the best way of helping us get the word out. If you have comments, questions, or suggestions for future guests and discussion topics, please contact us via www.ncsystema.com or email me directly at glenn at ncsystema.com. That's glenn with two n's at ncsystema.com. We welcome your feedback. Many thanks, good health, and see you in training.